The Beaux-Arts Photography Podcast with Alan and Natalie Brio. What we are going to do today is record a podcast about our Route 66 workshop. Yes. And this is a workshop that we just completed. As a matter of fact, we came back home last night. We did. And it was a lot of fun, wasn't it? It was. It was a very creative workshop. I think the subject matter was very tacky in some instances, which uh, led to a lot of creativity and a lot of laughs. A lot of fun. And I would correct you that the subject was totally tacky, not just in some instances, <laughs> but in most instances. I mean, the exception would be Petrified Forest and Grand Canyon, <laughs> yes. which, you know, of course, are tasteful. But one of the focus of the workshop was tackiness. And as a matter of fact, we had at the end of the workshop a contest for the most tacky souvenir bought along Route 66. And somebody won with... Uh, what can be described best as probably the ideal Route 66 tacky souvenir, which is uh, a snow globe. Yes. That you, you shake. I have it here in my hand. And snow is falling on a Route 66 sign. And then on the base, there is all sort of Route 66 locations in a very cartoonish fashion. And then we have the statement, get your kicks on Route 66 at the top. It's definitely the, almost the ideal tacky souvenir of Route 66, right? It is, because you have your classic Corvette here. Red with a white top. Yes. And then on the other side, we have the teepees. The teepees are very important. As a matter of fact, you know, we photograph so many teepees that right now, I think I'm going through teepee withdrawal. <laughs> TPI, TP withdrawal syndrome, or TWI, TWI, TP withdrawal syndrome, TWS, sorry. See, I'm, I'm all confused. I'm still on Route 66. I'm not yet home. Well, I think one of the highlights of the workshop was staying in a wigwam motel. Right. It was definitely a highlight. If you go on Route 66 you, and you pass by a wigwam motel, you have to stop for the night. And we did night photography of the wigwams. But also the old cars that and were parked cars outside the teepees. And, and those are really, in my view, you know, from a serious perspective, I think these are some of the best photographs of the workshop. I haven't had time to look at my work yet, but from what I've seen briefly, it, they really stand out. And we'll have them on the website. Talk about the flashlight. Yeah, we used a flashlight to illuminate the cars at night. And so we did a combination of uh, different types of light. And the flashlight we used, uh, it was quite unique because I used the UV flashlight. A flashlight that's designed to look for scorpions at night. Uh, and it reveals fluorescent things. And scorpions are fluorescent. But when you use it on a car, the flashlight has a UV color, which is purple. And uh, it shows a color that's totally different from the lamp lights, the street lights, which are more yellow. So we have a mix of purple and yellow. And of course, the purple light mixes with the color of the car. So if a car is green plus purple, we get a sort of bluish color and all sort of very interesting color effects. And I think we got some very unique uh, work there. Well, just as we pulled into a wigwam motel to check in, the Christmas parade was just starting in Holbrook. Yeah, it was really, how would you call it, uh, synergy or coincidence or happenstance? Yes. <laughs> all of that. <laughs> we did not plan it. We a couldn't. And it was just like, I think, any small town Christmas parade. Yeah, the only way to plan being in uh, Holbrook for the Christmas parade would be to subscribe to the Holbrook paper. <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, it's not announced uh, in a very far-ranging area. And it really was an interesting parade because the theme of the parade was totally tacky. 
It was Snoopy, right? I mean, it was the cartoon, right? Mm-hmm. It was, was Charlie Brown and Snoopy. I don't yeah, know what the Charlie Brown. theme was. Yeah, I think it was Charlie Brown, yeah. And there was all sort of different takes on Charlie Brown and all sort of peaceful costumes like Charlie Brown and so on. But I think that one thing we should do to really center this podcast so that people that were not at the workshop can get a clear understanding of what we're talking about is talk a little bit about why we decided to offer a Route 66 workshop. Well, I think, um, you know, a lot of these businesses along Route 66 have been struggling for many years, but especially now during the recession, they're even, um, they're suffering a lot more. And uh, some of these places are starting to close up. Yeah, and, and I think one of the motivations was that I believe we are witnessing what I would call the second death of Route 66. The first death was when I-40, the interstate, was built. And it bypassed a lot of little towns along Route 66 and caused all of the businesses along the original Route 66 to die off. The second death is the recession, because a lot of the businesses that were surviving either along Route 66 or along the interstate, which in some instances, they are parallel to each other or they are the same. The interstate, Route 66 became the interstate. A lot of the businesses that were barely surviving, now that the recession has been going on for several years, they just can't hold on. And during the trip, we saw several businesses that were open as recently as a couple of years ago that have shut down. Yeah, Meteor City being one of them. Yeah, Meteor City was really a highlight. And it has, uh, they claim, the largest dream catcher in the world. And it was like 15 feet high. You know, dream catcher is a weaving made by Navajo and a lot of Native American cultures that's supposed to catch bad dreams. Right. You know. Well, you hang them over the cradles of babies. Right. Or little ones so that when they dream at night, mm. you know, the dream catcher catches their bad dreams so that they can right. have pleasant dreams or, or sleep well during right. the evening. Yeah. So it's a weaving. It's circular and it's a weaving like a web, a spider web. Yes. And it's supposed to catch bad dreams, but let good dreams go through exactly media city had a dream catcher that was like i said gigantic they also had a uh well they still do you can still exit there and photograph it's just that they're not open anymore but they also have a very beautiful mural of the uh, route 66 map with all the with some of the landmarks i'm not going to say all of them because i don't think the map is that large i don't think it covers the whole route 66 yeah, yeah. And now, obviously, the business is closed and, you know, may never reopen because a lot of these structures are really old and falling apart. And if they are left unattended for, you know, any length of time without maintenance, I don't think they can be reopened. I mean, they are going to collapse. So Route 66 is, is dying again, in a way. And uh, that was one of the motivations for photographing along the road. But the main motivation was that a lot of these places, a lot of these businesses, a lot of the attractions around Route 66 are very photogenic. Oh, they are. And the colors. I mean, if you like color, and we have wonderful clouds in the sky... I mean, we had a lot of really neat things going on. Yeah, very colorful decorations, you know, white, red, blue, green, yellow, I mean, you name it, you know. And obviously, because we go through the petrified forest area, we always have red clouds in that area. It really helps. 
you know, there's nothing like dinosaurs against beautiful clouds to make your day, you know, <laughs> or a teepee with great clouds, <laughs> teepee cloudscape, you know. Yes. Or even the kachinas, you know, right. photographing the kachinas with yeah. the, uh, the sky and the clouds behind them. And then I think that a third motivation, besides the fact that, one, we're witnessing, I think, the end of an era, Two, it's a fantastic photographic subject, is that it's also extremely graphic. That is, we photograph billboards that are probably 50 to 75 years old. Uh, we photograph... Um, buildings. Buildings. We photograph all sort of very strange things that these businesses have done to attract the customers, you know. The idea is to find a way to stop somebody traveling 80 miles an hour on the interstate. Mm -hmm. And that can be anything from a giant dinosaur to a bunch of old cars to, to a fort to a fort uh, fort courage right to mannequins yes we were actually quite surprised at how many mannequins we found along the road and it started i think with stewart which is uh, eastern arizona where you have dinosaurs eating mannequins right right which obviously the mannequins stand for tourists you know and <laughs> but then we we found more mannequins as we drove and we found quite a few in Seligman. And in other places as well. And a lot of these uh, store owners were very happy to see us and very pleasant. And We were happily surprised at that because I really did not know. And I told everybody during the workshop, when we stop at a store, make sure to buy a little something. You know, And that was sort of the motivation for the Taiki Souvenir Contest. Obviously, businesses want to attract you with their decor, but then they also want to generate some business. But they were amazingly friendly. And uh, we never had anybody uh, tell us off. No. You know, they waited for us to photograph. It was almost like a nonverbal understanding that you photograph first, and then you go into their store, you know, and buy things. Maybe that's how most people do it. Yeah, I, I didn't know how they would react yeah. to a whole group of us out there. And um, and when we were unsure, we asked. Yes. And I think, you know, mm -hmm. we always got the approval. I mean, never any problem. Yeah, very open-minded people, you know, uh, very friendly. I mean, it's it's a nice ambience. The ambience along Route 66, besides the fact that businesses are closing, and obviously, you know, business isn't what it used to be. These businesses are very pleasant. Yeah. Well, I know uh, the hotel managers thanked me repeatedly at the Wigwam Motel and even in Seligman because I had recommended certain places to say, stay. And we filled up some of those motels, right. those little motels. And they were very thankful for the business and very, very nice. Yeah, well, this being December, you know, the workshop being held in December, there's no doubt that we made their day, you know, more often than not. I mean, if it wasn't for us, we may have had, you know, nobody or, or one or two people. And so, you know, we really help them. Uh, but that's fine. I mean, that's the idea. You know, we uh, we are here to, uh, you know, encourage uh, growth <laughs> if right. we can. Well, what was the other highlight south of the Grand Canyon? Yeah, right. Um, Bedrock City. Bedrock Fred, City, that's Fred, right. The Flintstones. Fred Flintstone. Yeah. <laughs> and we now know how to say... Bedrock Goodbye. City. Goodbye. Oh, no, thank you in Flintstone speak. It's yabba-dabba-doo. <laughs> right? Yes. Apparently. Although I think it also can say all sort of things, right? Yes. It's sort of multi-meaning. But yeah, one of the highlights was Bedrock City. And, you know, I have to say that it wasn't on the original list, but one of the participants said, I really want to see Bedrock City. And I thought, well, you know, why not? It is tacky. It applies. But once I was there, 
it's very photogenic. Oh, it is. I can't tell you how many times we've mm-hmm. driven past that and never stopped. Yeah. <laughs> and there is an entrance fee of $4. Wow. You know, I mean, yeah. you know, not much. You know, very photogenic. Yeah. Surreal. Totally surreal. Oh, I yeah. mean, if you want to do surreal photography, by all means, go to bed. And great clouds. We had, and great clouds. We had great clouds that day. Yeah. And that's important because I did a lot of wide-angle photography. I mean, extreme wide-angle. I thought the distortion played up the strength subject matter the pterodactyl flying Mm. in the sky (laughs) yeah the pterodactyl at the top of the fake volcano (laughs) taking off for you know an afternoon flight and the yellow pterodactyl that's the other thing that's a special species you know yeah it it's extremely extremely interesting i mean obviously is that landscape photography no it's not but who says that we only have to do one thing who says we only have to do landscape photography and that was really to me one of the big surprises of the workshop because we really did not know if the participants would get into the material and it was one of my questions i mean obviously everybody knew what they signed up for but it remained to be seen whether they would become really excited about the subject or be somewhat distant. Or that it would hold the interest for For a five long... days, right. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, are we going to weigh out? Are we going to overload on tacky, you know, after five days? And we didn't. No, we didn't. Actually, the last morning was one of the most exciting mornings, you know, when we photographed mannequins at sunrise in Seligman, Arizona. Oh, beautiful cars, too. Mm-hmm. And beautiful cars. And of course, because it was sunrise, we had great light. We and did. It's, it's interesting that light does play a role even within a small city or a small town like Seligman. Oh, yeah. But even before the sun came up, we had the beautiful mm-hmm. neon lights right. with the mannequins outside and the old cars outside the mm-hmm. gas station there. And it looked great. Right. Yeah. It was really, really interesting. And going back to you know what I was saying, which is why is it that we can't just do landscape photography? Well, because of creativity, I think that spending one week uh, or five days photographing something totally different, like, you know, the Taiki things along Route 66, teepees, mannequins, you know, the Flintstones, opens up your creative mind in a way. You know, it forces you to get out of your comfort zone. Yes. I think a lot of participants mentioned that they were way out of their comfort zone, but not in a negative manner, no, in, in a no. positive manner. Yes. And uh, that it made them look at things differently. And I think that after you spend a week doing that, photographing a subject that you obviously don't normally photograph, you go back to landscape photography with an open mind and a new vision, I think. I think so, because I think you start looking at things very differently. And you're more relaxed. Yeah. You know, you're more open-minded. You you have a fresh look at it. Uh You you can look at it from a fresh perspective. Because one of the problems that people have with landscape photography is they take it very seriously. It's a very serious subject. We have to do like Ansel Adams did. Well, yeah, that's one possibility. But, you know, it's only one. And there's many others. Well, with Route 66, there's no real way to do it. You know, there's no such thing as the Ansel Adams of Route 66. It's totally open. And so we feel free to be very creative. Right. I think. And to, you know, do all of these, you know, using filters and um, lens baby 
HDR, you know, sepia, doing sepia tone, you know, some of them are very excited to go back to the studio because we're having a contest. We are not done yet. No. <laughs> we've had the, We have one more contest. That's right. Left. We've had the Taiki souvenir contest which we judged during the workshop. We At had breakfast. a reward. We had a book on Route 66 as a reward for the winner which was Patty <laughs> hands down with her snow globe of Route 66 although we had some very nice entries we did we had some coin purse with squaw beaded decorations they look like they came right out of the 1950s <laughs> very tacky and somewhat politically incorrect we had uh, Elvis uh, driver's license we had aliens driver's license all sort of things very very tacky but now we are going to have the prize for the most tacky photograph taken during the workshop and uh, we're not done yet. And we'll have a one, two, three ranking. Yes, we so will. So this will come up. And if you go to my site, you'll be able to see the gallery later on when it comes up. That will be later this month. But uh, yeah, very, very interesting uh, subject matter. And obviously open to all sort of things like HDR and, and everything that you mentioned. Well, it's very interesting because this workshop led to a lot of creativity, but it also got the participants thinking about a serious project to do afterwards. Right. You know, they started looking at their work differently and started thinking about projects that they could do. I mean, some may do some of Route 66, but it was my impression that they were thinking of other th projects, not necessarily Route 66. Yeah, I think it worked different ways for different people. Mm hmm in a way, I think it's no different than having a night out. You go out, you have fun, you know, you entertain yourself, you think of something else, then you come back the next day and you can approach your regular work in a better mind, you know, with a better perspective. Right. And I think that may be what happened because, you know, I'm sure that some of them will do a Route 66 project. I think I will do one myself. Right. But a lot of them might not, but might look at their regular subject, you know, landscape photography and start to do serious projects on that. Well, before they weren't ready for it. Right. And of course, we did talk about projects during the workshop. It was one of the things that I taught during the workshop. So that's not surprising that some of them would be interested in doing that. But I think the Route 66 subject matter, you know, people had a lot of smiles on their faces and I heard a lot of laughs and it put everybody just in a really good frame of mind. Yeah, there was a great ambience, I mm -hmm. think. Good camaraderie. Yeah. Not, not that it's not there on the other workshops, but this was a very fun subject. You mm -hmm. know, obviously, you can't go to the Flintstone and be serious. Well, you know? <laughs> yeah. And you had to be like totally open to what was going to happen pretty much. Whereas in landscape photography, you know, it's different. I mean, this one, you kind of had to go with the flow and be open to all sorts of tacky things that may be thrown at you. <laughs> you never know what you're going to find. No, you didn't. Another interstate exit and who knows, you know. Could be another TP, could be another dinosaur, could be X, right? I heard someone say that when we went to, um, to Petrified National Park that they were waiting for a dinosaur to be peeking around the corner mm. there. <laughs> I started seeing TPs everywhere. 
Yeah. I dreamed of teepees. Did you? And, you know, the combination of things. I mean, the combination of teepees with dinosaurs next to them, right? The fact that you're looking at prehistoric animals with Native American cultures, with corvettes, right? It makes no sense. Right. I mean, you know, the, the combination of things is just illogical. The only thing that brings them together is that the cars drive down Route 66, the Native American cultures are in the area, and they were dinosaurs in petrified forests because, you know, they found fossils, right? So that's the, the common link. It's all of these things were there at one point, but they never were there together. Right. <laughs> the Indians did not drive in corvettes and were chased by dinosaurs, right? <laughs> so it always, like you said, it does demand, in a sense, it does call for an open mind in order to accept that and, and work it into a photograph. Mm-hmm. And, and then, of course, you know, the towns being extremely uh, small, you know, with, you know, it's unexpected in a sense, you know, the parade, even the, the local people, you know, and the local stores, uh, much slower pace of life. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, very, very slow. The motels are only open in the evening. Right, they open at four o'clock in the afternoon. At four o'clock, you want to check out, you can't, you got to hang your key in the room. Right, just shut the door. Yeah, hopefully you took care of everything in the evening, because if you didn't, well, that's it, you know. Or hopefully you didn't lock anything in your room. Right, yeah. (laughs) Who would you find to open it? Yeah, you you just get a dinosaur to break the door. (laughs) Yeah, so very, very creative, and uh, I think a fascinating subject. And what we decided was to offer... This kind of workshop on a one-time basis, more or less. That is, we are probably not going to have it again next year. No, we I are don't going think to have so. a different location. Yes, and I think we are thinking of uh, something very different. We'll announce it on the website later on. But we remain open to doing it again if there is interest. You know. Oh yeah. Um, and so, if you're interested in having uh, a trip down Route 66 with us, let us know. Just email, uh, and uh, you have my email address on my website. And let us know if this is something that you'd like to do. And uh, if you're curious about the kind of photograph we took, go on my website, beautiful-landscape.com or alanbrio.com, A-L-A-I-N-B-R-I-O-T.com. And you'll see some of the photographs taken on Route 66. I can't wait to see them. There's yeah, going to be some really nice ones. The problem is going through them because I shot like 2,000 photographs. I know you were yeah. filling up your cards so fast. Yeah. That's the other thing. I never shot that much in such a short time. Yeah. So a lot of photographs. It was very exciting. And, uh, you know, there is already Route 66 galleries on my website. If you are very curious, immediately there is something right now. But uh, as soon as we get that process, there will be more photographs from this workshop, from me and then from all the participants. Oh, yeah, definitely. And uh, this is recorded in December of 2010. So if you're listening to this after this time, obviously the gallery is already there. So just go to my website and look under galleries and then pick the Route 66 gallery and you'll see photographs from this workshop. So this is it for today and we thank you very much for listening and uh, we'll be back with you with another podcast in a very short time. Thank you again for listening.